Hello, and welcome to the Your Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, and I'm joined today with Melissa Cavanaugh. Stuart, what's going on? You're not your chipper self. I know, I know I'm, I'm depressed. I, uh, I'm really, really hungry. Why? We're doing this Biggest Loser thing, as you know, at work. And, yes. And for those the listeners that don't know me well, I'm a very competitive person, and I'm losing right now at being a loser. And because of this, I don't want to lose. I decided final weighing is going to be on Monday, so I decided to do this juice cleanse, which I went online and researched a bunch and ordered one. It's called Chef V. So basically for the last day and a half, I've been drinking and drinking and drinking <laughs> and drinking so just to let the audience know juice at home, that is yeah 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 normally it's alcohol which which is fine and i'm used to that but this time i'm actually giving my kidneys and my liver a rest and drinking like blended kale and this malt shake thing so literally breakfast lunch and dinner is the same i'm having it's like this detox tea followed by this what they call green drink which is the kale and a bunch of greens mixed with a little bit of fruit and then followed by this malt shake drink for protein and energy Yum. so I, I started yesterday morning so i went i did that three times yesterday drink a ton of water in between then i've done breakfast and lunch today and and we'll do dinner tonight and then supposed to do the same thing tomorrow it's a three-day thing man i've never done anything like this before this better work. If I don't win now, I'm be so mad because I, I love food. That, oh, that, we know you love yeah, food. I like to eat lots, which is why I need to do Biggest Loser. Um, but yeah, if, if the only thing that comes out of this is that I, I was hungry and I still lose, I'm going to be really, really, really mad. Yeah, so. I, I don't blame you because that green stuff looks just terrible. Yeah, it tastes like... Um, a salad in a Well, drink. imagine... Imagine, if you will, blending up a salad, like a kale salad, and then throwing in your gym shoes and blending <laughs> that together. That's, a, that's about what it tastes like. It's, so I, I want to try it. Yeah. So it, not it's really. not the greatest. So my energy levels are probably a little lower today. So you guys are we'll going to have to um, make up for that. And joining Melissa and me on this team today is Jeremy Razuk. How are you, sir? I'm good. You are making your return. I know. I'm You're, glad you accepted me back. Yeah. You, you had a stellar performance first time. This is your second. And we're actually putting you in the driver's seat today, which is welcome to the major league. So. I'm ready. Yeah. And you're going to have to you have to double your efforts because I'm not in the mood to podcast today. Yeah. I feel bad that I caught you at a bad time. Yeah. Not, not only am I, not only. See, it's a double whammy because not only am I on this juice cleanse, so I'm super hungry. And, and need to pee a lot. So we might have to pause in the middle for me to take a restroom break. But, and it'll just be dead silence. We'll actually just wait. For yeah, I won't edit it at all. Yeah. You'll just hear nothing but silence. And, and it'll be a while because the amount I'm drinking, it takes me a while to, to emit all of that fluid. But not only am I doing this and I'm super hungry, but also I'm not drinking beer like I usually do when we're doing the podcast. So it's... Oh, it's a sad day for yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to bring all our listeners down. It's really bad. I will say this. This is kind of funny. I was earlier today. I was on the um, This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing show uh, with the Lauren Gray hosts. And at one point, because I'd, I'd literally, while I was on the show, if you watch the, go back and watch the show, which is on uh, YouTube or, or Facebook, if you watch me throughout the show, you'll see 
I had different drinks. So I started out with the detox cleanse, <laughs> then I drank through the whole green um, drink, and then drank the the malt shake in the first hour of the show. Yeah, that's a that's probably I don't know that's probably about sixty odd ounces of sure. fluids right that I drank. in an hour. So so about an hour and a half into the show, I, I literally had to turn my camera and my microphone off and go use the restroom. Didn't say anything. <laughs> Just left. Didn't feel like that was an appropriate forum. But but I know Lauren and, and, and the other guys listened to this show, so they'll probably make fun of me for it. But yeah, go back and watch. You'll see me drink a lot of that stuff. Um, and we're also talking about hotel stuff, so you might find that interesting as well. Nah. But all right, so there's just the three of us today. Uh, everyone else was otherwise occupied. It's spring break or something. People are taking off. It's, it's crazy. The topic today is going to be email. We haven't talked about email in a while. Email marketing, you know, if you listen back to a couple of weeks ago where we did our top 10 list of the most important things you can be spending your money on for driving direct bookings, I think email was on all of our lists. I believe it was. And uh, it was high on a lot. It was, I think it was number two on my list at, at the time of recording. Again, my, my list was tweaked a lot before and after the show, but email is still really, really, really effective. When done well. When done correctly, correct. Uh, last last episode, we talked about GDPR and the implications that's going to have on email. It's a good thing you weren't on this cleanse last week. Oh, man. Could you imagine? Because that was a rough <laughs> that episode was a rough in general. Episode. That would have been even more rough. Uh, so this week, what we're going to do is Marketo put out uh, a really good, I don't know if it's a white paper, but they've also done a webinar on it. You can get the video on their site. We're going to link to that. Full credit goes to Marketo for this. We, we're going to be discussing what they published but it, it's basically eight mistakes uh that people make when email marketing um so we don't really have we don't have a relationship with marketo we just were fans of this content they put out so we decided we were going to cover it today and again I, I would really encourage everyone listening to go and watch the video of them talking through it because it, it's really good and go download it from the marketo site as well so we'll, we'll put links to that in the show notes which you'll get at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 83 so again this is marketo's content we're just kind of parroting it and, and giving our own fueligan style opinion of it but that that's what we're going to cover today but before we get into that uh melissa what's going on in the newsies i've got a newsie and it's about google shocking that we were talking about google on this podcast um this comes from code or codi.com k-o-d-d-i.com and it is talking about Google's new look for mobile hotel ads. And it appears that Google has basically refreshed the appearance of their hotel ads on what appears on your mobile phone. And it looks a lot cleaner than it used to. It's got much bigger images. It's got some callouts that it didn't have before. Um, the problem might be though, is that there are less hotels displayed like you have to scroll more because of the layout. So if you're at the bottom of this list, it may be a little, a little hurtful to you guys yeah, at the bottom. It's going to impact a few things, right? Cle clearly, I think the the whoever's top three or four are going to get a boost in traffic yeah. from this. They're going to get more clicks. I mean, organic though. Holy oh, cow! Boy. I mean, you have to scroll for an eternity now to get to organic listings on the search results. So. This is this is an obvious move from Google. We've talked a lot on this show in the past about, you know, Google hotel ads is effective from an ROI perspective. 
but it's not effective from a volume perspective. It has not been for, we've been using it for probably going on five years now. And Google's tried a lot of different things to try to get more visibility to it. You know, like they have their, their flights right. search. Uh, th- this to me is a big indication that they're going to be making a huge push towards THA over the next 12 months. So if you're not on it now, you really, really should be looking at talking to your booking engine provider or your CRS provider, whoever it is that, that can get you on there. You can't go to Google directly and get on. You have to have a partner that's already integrated, you know, someone like Fuel or, you know, a SiteMinder or someone like that, that that already has connection to Google. Uh, but but figure that out now because this, this is about to be a major contender in terms of a, a direct revenue generator for direct bookings. I'll tell you, to me, the big standout of these changes is this new call-out feature that they have. So the price is now, it well, already was in a box, but it's in a bigger box now. And if you've got a discounted rate, it now has a strike through and then this little squared in percentage off featured. So I think that that is a game changer compared to what was there before. Yeah. And, and I think that's the first of many little nudges that we're going to see. You know, we, we several episodes ago when we talked about the psychology hacks and, right. and, and uh, you know, things things like anchoring, which is what they're doing there with the strike through, social proof, um, scarcity, all those things, urgency, all those psychological tactics that can really influence a decision. You know Google's smart enough to be testing all of those and, and, and looking at who's successful in the space like booking.com and emulating that. So, I think if we fast forward 12 months from now, you're going to see a lot more of that kind of uh, stuff going on within Google Hotel Ads. So you got to pay attention to it, but also pay attention to how this is impacting your organic results. You're probably going to see lower traffic coming from organic because of this change, especially on mobile. Especially on mobile. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, Google's supposed to be coming out or rolling either rolling GHA into AdWords or giving more AdWord-like features into Google hotel ads at some point. They, they originally said Q1. Uh, it has not happened yet, and we're already out of Q1. So I would imagine very, very soon we're going to see movement there. Our, rep has been, our Google rep has been very tight-lipped on what changes they are and when they'll be out, but we do know that... Google is going to be giving us more control over the ads, which is great because that's always been one of our criticisms, right? Which is exactly we we can't target like we want to on Google hotel ads. We, we're pretty much left to just throw it out there and hope that Google's putting it in the right places. Um, so so whether we can target with keywords or, or what, I don't know. Right now, the only control we really have is is the budget, like the right. bid itself, and um, even that we're, we're relying on Google some because we're, we're letting them up the bid automatically when it's someone that's super qualified so, yeah that'll yeah. be good when that happens yeah so that we just had the one newsy today right guys that's it although i could give you another boop, 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 analytics alert okay speaking of mobile and things happening on mobile yeah is this like the melissa update it's da, like da, da, the melissa da, da, da. i'm calling it the analytics alert the, go- the goddess of analytics alert yeah so last month i had the analytics alert that you know, we had uh, one of our fuel clients with their third month of consecutive bookings more on a mobile phone than on desktop. All right, and I'm assuming it stopped there, right? The third month. Was no. It? Oh, it wow. It didn't. It didn't stop there, Stuart. What? We're now on the fourth month, but here's the thing. So, so wait, that's January, February, March, and December, December, January, February, and March were yes. all 
more bookings on a mobile phone than were on a desktop. Yes. Wow. And not only that, we now have a second client that is now two consecutive months on a mobile phone and a third client that has just reached its first month. Maybe you can't say consecutive, but it reached yeah. a, a first month. So we're beginning to see it, right? It's for, happening. And all of the clients that we're seeing that have hit the tipping point at least for one month have a very mobile first approach to their marketing strategy yes. right they they their website was built from the ground up with mobile in mind they're using a guest desk booking engine which is i mean dare i say <laughs> the best booking engine on the market for, for mobile bookings um yeah so so they this isn't luck right this isn't uh something that just happens to have happened for these properties it, it was a defined deliberate strategy from them and in, in, in conjunction with us to push them towards a mobile first approach. Uh, mobile is how people consume, period. It, it just is, you know, people still use their desktops, sure. sure. But the majority of consumption of media, of research, of information is on a mobile phone. Yeah, so, I mean, so. if you just take our newsy, Google yeah. is obviously focusing on this. This is clearly a big indicator that mobile is kind of important. Yeah, hey, Jeremy, do you so, ever use a mobile phone? Every now and then. Yeah, you're one of those millennial folks. You probably use it more than me and uh, me and Melissa. Yeah, I usually have my phone in one hand, my avocado in the other. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I function. So when you're making your toast, do you ever get mixed up <laughs> and accidentally put your phone on the toast instead of the avocado? No, I don't. Luckily, I, I'm able to... <laughs> distinguish between yeah. my phone. I'm not, yeah. Is that is that a tough skill? You know, I'm not a millennial, so I'm not into the avocado thing. So is is it is it tough to distinguish between a mobile phone and an avocado? Well, I look at them so much. I mean, because yeah. for millennials, that's the only things we really know about. Yeah. So yeah. Just, uh, every now and then, I mean, you know, I might have a few cuts on my phone. Who knows? Okay. So we, we may need a follow-up episode at some point where you teach us all about the, the mastery of avocados and phones yes and yes we we need to have just an avocado podcast yeah i think that will do wonders that could be a spinoff from the fuel hotel marketing podcast it could be the fuel avocado <laughs> enthusiast podcast or something That'd be great all right well stay tuned ladies and gentlemen right. that might be coming uh so so we, do we want to jump in and and talk about this uh email mistakes that people make so again this is not our content this is from marketo we're going to link to them in the show notes but i think they had eight eight different mistakes that people are making. There's probably more than eight. There's probably a thousand mistakes, um, which is why things like GDPR are necessary because people abuse email and abuse data. But let's do number one, 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 one. So mistake number one, according to Marketo, sending emails with unclear subject lines. So sending an email that's leaning too heavily on a clever or witty subject line may not result in the click-throughs or the other important metrics that you are looking for. Yeah. I get that. I'm a little torn on this one, though. Mm. Like, I like clickbaity subject lines, but I get that if you do a clickbaity subject line, you better have content to back it up. Yeah, it, it, right. And it, I, I think there's, it's easy to misinterpret what they're saying here, right? So when they're talking about clever, they're not, they're not necessarily saying you shouldn't use words like secret deals and stuff like that. That's effective, right? That gets sure. people to perform an action. The, the best example I could think of when I read this was, I don't know if you guys remember this, but a while back, one of our clients was internally challenged all the staff members to 
brainstorm subject lines and they were A-B testing them. Right. And one of them came up with a really funny subject line, which was, I've got 99 problems and the beach ain't one, right? <laughs> because they're a beach destination. That makes me chuckle because of the, the song reference and all this stuff, right? Uh, so on the surface, you think, oh, that's clever. I like that subject line. But it's garbage at getting people to click on that email. Right. So, yeah. so I think that's more what they're talking about, right? Being witty, being punny, being, um, you know, humorous to yourself or to whoever's writing it with you that's one thing but but having an effective copywriter that can get someone to perform an action of clicking open on an email that's way more important than than entertaining yourself right and i think to melissa's point about not having that content within the email if you have a wit if you have a funny clever subject line that's going to get attention and maybe you do click on it if that content is not there then i mean it's it's over. game yeah, over, it's right? Game over. Yeah, because yeah, we're not dealing with vanity metrics, right? We're not dealing. Exactly. We're not dealing with opens. It is not a metric. You can't put opens in your bank account. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, you're dealing with trying to get people to transact with you to get, actually give you money, and just because they open an email, that doesn't mean they're going to give you money or be more likely to give you money if you don't deliver on the promise once they open it. Exactly. So I agree, hundred percent. So that was number one. Yeah. If if actually, if you want to know, Marketo also put what you could do to avoid or what you could do to fix. Well, let's let's, let's do the first. Is there a couple of those like, things you can do? To there avoid? are three, according to Marketo. All right, let's do this to be fair to Marketo. Let's do the first two, and then if people want to get the third, they can go to Marketo and get that. That sounds great. Yeah. So one of their fixes is to be obviously be clear. Tell the client or tell the receiver what they're going to be getting through that email in the subject line instead of being really vague. Yeah. You want to tell them exactly what they're getting. So clarity, right? Exactly. Yeah, setting the right appropriate expectation. I agree with that one. Yeah, and then also focusing on most other metrics, not like you said, just opens. Yeah. We want to focus on click-to-open rates, click-through rates, and stuff like that. Are they actually engaging within that email? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, those are good tips. All right, we ready for number two. Two, 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 This is one, is one of my pet peeves. It Does really it burn burns button? my buttons. Does it get your goat? <laughs> it, it might get my goat if I had a goat. What if your goat had buttons? Would it burn oh, your goat's buttons? I, I guess it would, hmm. by default. Yeah. So number two is poor email list hygiene. And when I think about this, I think about people who get email lists from however they've acquired them. Maybe they've run a contest. Maybe they've, who knows how they got them, and then they don't source them and have no idea what has happened to those emails. How are they performing? So let's, let's be honest. Hygiene is important in all aspects of life. Absolutely. But perhaps the most important is your email list. Yes, Agreed. because if your sender reputation is garbage, there's a good chance your emails are going to stop getting into people's inboxes. Right, yeah. That, that's the problem I, I think most people don't realize is if, if you do have, you know, even if it's one really bad section of your list, you could, people would look at that and say, well, it's fine. If, if they're not qualified, they're not getting the email. I'm not worried about it. They weren't qualified. But the fact that you're trying to send to garbage on your list impacts the people that aren't garbage like right. that that i just think people don't really think about how 
the list as a health as a whole is going to impact the people you want to reach more than it is anyone else. So it's really important. Yeah. Really, really, really important. Yeah. And, and, and not only is it important from a best practice standpoint, but legally now it's important or will be on March sure. 25th, right? With GDPR, May. Uh, May 25th, sorry. Um, with GDPR, because if, if you don't do a good job of, um, getting explicit consent for people to sign up. Right. If you don't give them full transparency of how they can sign up, give them the ability to update their records, to remove their records, all that stuff, not only are you messing up your list, but you could get a massive, massive fine from the EU moving forward. So, and that would be bad. Yeah. And if, you, if you're someone that you or your boss or someone in your organization asks you all the time how big is your database they're asking the wrong question it is in the words of yoda size matters not (laughs) judge me by my size do you and well you should not that was my ally is the force it was you're exactly right so i you know stop focusing on the again vanity metric we talked about open rates a minute ago on number one uh we're talking about list size another vanity metric that that maybe impresses some people but those people are foolish and you should not should not worry about them agreed so is that number two done that was number two all right number three Three. mistake number three failure to measure your email inboxing so your emails could be sent and delivered but how do you really know if they've landed in that precious primary inbox and not just sent to the spam or the junk folder that's so important yeah i mean You'd spend a lot of time and effort building these lists. So for people not to even have the chance of opening it, you know, regardless of your subject line, or regardless of the content, if it doesn't get presented in front of them, you're pretty much screwed. And there, there's some tools, Mercado references, there's a, some tools out there that can help you monitor that. It's, it's not easy. Not every email platform has the ability. I mean, you can look at things like spam score and, and make sure it's rendering in all browsers, but kind of goes back to number two if, if you've got garbage on your list if you're getting caught in spam traps if you have a number of people complaining about it with certain isps you're probably not even going to get into the inbox in the first place you're going to go into one of the segmented inboxes within gmail or right. just mm-hmm. in the spam or whatever period so that's a big one all right number four also burns my buttons I have a hard time picking my biggest pet peeve on this list. I tell you what, it's amazing that you even have buttons left. <laughs> and I would say this. I, I would recommend to you yeah. going away from flammable buttons. It's, you know, it's yeah. a valid like you recommendation. Should, you should go with like a, an, a resin, like a non-flammable right. resin or like metallic kind sure. of buttons, I think. Yeah. You know, just the wood buttons just aren't doing it They're for you. They're not working. Mm-hmm. All right. Number four is no engagement segmentation. So you want your emails to receive a high level of engagement, such as opening, scrolling, clicking, etc. And you need to be monitoring this. Otherwise, you need to segment people based on their engagement so that you can send them better messages versus the people who aren't engaging. And maybe it's time to sort of, you know, sift them out or work on a re-engagement list to get them back in. 
Yeah, so it, it's interesting that they just they talked about specifically engagement segmentation that Marketo did in this, right? Versus segmentation in general. Yeah. Like I, a lot of people would have gone straight for you should segment your list, which is great, but I like the fact that they're specific about one specific type of segmentation that you should be doing. And it's one that's often overlooked. Like people will segment based on geography, they'll segment based on, uh, you know, demographic maybe age i don't know but the different what the interests are things like that but to me engagement is perhaps the most important segmentation because the the first question i get a lot when we're talking to prospects or to clients is how frequently should i send emails like how many times oh, we get is that it, is question one, i could retire if i got right. a dollar right it's oh should i send once a month once a week what what what's the magical frequency or cadence of emails and you know the answer is it depends on the individual person right because some people that are going to repeat visit your property multiple times a year are going to want to receive emails more frequently but if i'm in a destination where people only come to me once a year they typically book in a say january and i know that they typically book in january for june then then why am i wasting time sending them full specials and money. Every week, and, and money, and, and and potentially hurting my ability to get them to come back to me next year when they're ready, right? So one of the things that we've started implementing a while ago with some of our clients, which I really like, is the ability for the, the frequency of receiving messages to be controlled by the guest, right? So giving them the option to say, when, when they go to unsubscribe, rather than just unsubscribe yes or no, say, okay how frequently would you like us to send you you know give them that option or when would you like to start hearing from us again right. because because if you're in a summer destination say or or winter destination but it's again it's a there's a three four month period where between booking and staying and that that's when their research is done and that's all they really care about for six seven eight months of the year they really don't want to hear from you give them that ability to say don't fill, fill up my inbox i'm not interested the rest of the year like give them that choice like we talked about in the gdpr episode before this data is not your data it, it is their data it's the person who you collected it from that belongs to them it's their email address not yours is not your database um don't so, abuse it so don't abuse it and don't do things you know the where people go off the rails with email is it's so self-serving, right? It's such an easy button to push or lever to pull to drive demand right. in the short term without thinking about the long-term negative impact that has on people as individuals. So this this one I really like, segmenting based on engagement and sending less frequently and a different message to people that aren't engaged versus the people that are engaged. There you have it. All right, mistake number five. So speaking of engagement, mistake number five is about poor or no re-engagement strategies. So being able to build a re-engagement campaign to target any of your inactive subscribers that aren't obviously not engaged with your campaigns. I've gotten several messages in the past, I would say six months that have specifically said, hey, you, we're, we're going to unsubscribe you basically from our list because it seems like you're not interested. Click here if you still want to get our messages. And you know what? I clicked here to still get their messages. And you know what? The next message you get, probably you're probably going to pay more attention to than yeah. any you've gotten in the last nine months. 
Yeah, don't be afraid to give people an option out. You know, don't don't be afraid to do that because you, you've got to be top of mind at the right time when they're ready to, to buy. If if you do what we just talked about in the last number and give them flexibility, I think you're more likely to do that. But talk to people as individuals. Don't just blanket them with the same message every week and expect them to to care about you. So I think this is important. We're going to see this a lot more too with GDPR coming up because realistically if you don't have it documented how you collected that email that they didn't give explicit consent that you weren't clear about what they were signing up for you could be in trouble if you've got european names in your database so you really should be looking right now at sending a message to everyone on your database to make sure that they're interested and giving them a way to indicate to you yes your database is going to get decimated yes it's going to reduce significantly but at the end of the day, you're going to end up with a healthier list right. of people that actually want to be there versus a bunch of people you harvested in nefarious ways in the past. So sure, right. it's better than getting spammed. Yeah, exactly. No one wants to be spammed. No one wants to be a spammer. Um, it, it, every email you send costs you money, and every time someone doesn't open your email, or worse yet, spam complains about your email. That negatively impacts the people that do want to spend money with you and do want to read your emails. So just stop it. Stop it. Stop, stop. it. Stop it. I lost count. What number are we We're on? We're on now number six. Six, 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 six. six and six, speaking six, of six, buttons, six, six. mistake number six is using image-based call-to-action buttons. This is just a no-no. Just, just don't do this. Don't send an all image-based email and do not send just image-based call-to-action buttons because sometimes images don't render. Sometimes people have images turned off and if they can't see what it is you've sent them in an image, if there's no alt text, there's nothing for them to click on. Yeah. Don't do it. Why, why would you ever put a roadblock in front of someone? I you, don't know, but you, people do it all the right, time. You know that a percentage and it's it's reduced right it's not as many sure. as it used to be that the default images off right, right? that it the used to email be much clients higher. people use when it was majority outlook it was a bigger problem but you know it, it's not so much anymore but there's still a significant percentage of your database that will not see the images when when the email is received and i don't know how that works works with accessibility either so if there's no alt text can that be spoken read yeah, yeah. It, I don't, there I, has to be well the image can't be read unless that's there's something saying, there right? right so you have to have content on there um, to be ADA compliant but you know for the vast majority of people that, that don't have the need for for a screen reader or something like that you're still being inconvenient to right. them right why would you be inconvenient to someone that you've just spent the time crafting the perfect message to with the perfect call to action for them only not to be not able to see it, you know? So, and it's really easy now with CSS to style a button in a way that looks just like an image, but it's not, it's, it's actually HTML text, right, you know? Right. So it's just lazy. Um, and, and I would go beyond that to what you, you mentioned, Melissa, we, we have clients that we've come across in the past and, and for the most part, we straightened them out, but they've been doing email the same way for a long time. And it's, let me design something unique in Photoshop and then slice it up and throw it in an email. Yeah. And it's one big image versus the content of the email being visible and readable on the screen right. by default. So, yeah, just always always look at your email with images turned off and make sure it functions just as well that way as it would 
without with, with the images on and even think about things like your logo right if your logo is the only thing that's that denotes your brand in the email and that's an image that's a problem you need to mention the name of the property outside of the logo because again if they don't have images turned on you want them to know it's coming from you not just from the the sender sure don't do it yeah I had a question mark when I said seven because I, I lose count after we get past like three or four. <laughs> seven, so it's like seven, seven, seven. seven, seven. <laughs> Mistake number seven: your emails are not optimized for mobile. So obviously, you need the mate. You should have your emails optimized for smartphones, tablets, anything, any mobile type device. Wasn't there a stat in the Marketo thing? That yes, they... according to Google, 65% of buyers start on a smartphone when they go through a path of a purchase. Which which would make sense, right? I mean, Did I just we'll... mention how many of our clients just exactly. pass how mobile many? to it was, it was a handful, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, mobile, 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 mobile. I have something to say. What's that? mobile yes i agree yeah i i mean i i would say you know especially depending on the time of day right if i'm at, I'm at the office i'm sitting at my desk i'm usually checking email on my on my desktop sure. or my laptop right but any other time if i'm in between meetings or even in a boring meeting um <laughs> or outside of work i exclusively look at email on my phone and and I, I would say, depending on your demographic, and we we talked about this in the, the mobile tipping point episode, we do definitely noticed that um, lower ADR properties that, that have a, a lower income demographic are the ones that have hit mobile tipping points faster. Exactly. That's that's the same with email too. If if you're a lower end property, um, lower ADR, there's a good chance a lot of the people that you're targeting aren't in desk jobs. They're not sitting in front of a computer all day. Their email is and, and Facebook and all that stuff is almost exclusively on a mobile phone. So you've got to make sure your email works flawlessly uh, on mobile as well as, well as desktop. But, right. Yeah. And there, there are tools out there that make that easy. So you can see multiple browsers, multiple email clients, how they render. Um, so many people are designing and sending the email from a desktop that they don't think to check it on their right. mobile phone. Yeah. You know, they'll send themselves a proof test, look at it on the on the machine they just created, crafted the email on. They don't think about, hey, my phone's sitting right there. I should probably look at it on there as well. So, mobile. I'm, I'm thinking, probably mobile. Okay. Yeah. So, oh. we got one more. We've got your my favorite, favorite number. number. <laughs> my favorite number too. And it's also about testing. I mean, this is like a match made That's like for me. The planets aligned <laughs> yes. right there. Does this, this doesn't burn your buttons. It's, it's your favorite subject on your favorite number. Yes, it's making bad testing decisions is mistake number eight. It's things like having a too small of a sample size. So if you're doing, let's say, an A-B test and you're testing your subject line and you send your tests out to... Mm, 40 people on each version that's probably not a big enough sample size to figure out a statistical significance in differences yeah don't do that 
That that would be bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this applies to all testing, not just email, right? It's, it's true. Sample size, and then interpreting the data as well. And and, and you know, there, there's a few things that I've seen in the past where people make a mistake where they'll do an AB subject line test this week, and then they'll go, they'll try to apply what they learned from that next week. But right. but the context is completely sure. different, right? The the subject lines are different. Um, so. You know what we we are proponents of, and it depends on your list size. You know, if you've got a hundred thousand uh, names, then you can send ten percent of the list subject A, ten percent subject line, subject B, right? Because if if you're a hundred thousand people, that's ten thousand people are going to be receiving. That's statistically a, a good enough sample size, right? Then automatically, hopefully, your email platform, you know, our our solution, FuelMail, does this. It can automatically pick the winner after a certain time period that you define, like two hours, something like that, or it gets to a statistical significance, then the remaining 80% receive the winning one. So you're optimizing 90% of every every email you send. That That's a more um, effective approach. But if your list is only a thousand names, you can't do that. You can't just send 10% and 10% right. because you're not going to get a statistically significant number of people. So number one, get a bigger email database. And then maybe you're, you're just doing a 50-50 split or something at that point. Um, so, and, then, and you could do things that, that maybe you could apply later down the road. Like So again, if you're testing a, a subject line, maybe subject line A is testing a percentage off versus subject line B, which is a dollar amount off. And that would be something that you could probably apply in the next email. Potentially, yeah. I mean, depending on the amounts and you know sure. the equivalents and, and things like that. But but then you've got things like seasonality and and, yeah. and, and the totals and, you know, because if, if you're doing that off season where your ADR is $50 versus peak season where your ADR is $250, yeah. you know, I, I don't know that it always is going to carry. So... That that's a, a big thing, and then uh, you know I personally think people pay way too much credibility to things like time of day or day of week testing. I agree I just, to you. I agree on that. I just don't think it's as big a factor. Like I think if you get the messaging right with a great subject line, um, the right value to an engaged segmented list, I don't think that kind of stuff matters so much Un- unless the time is contextual to the message, right? So for example, if you're sending weekend deals for this upcoming weekend, like last minute weekend deals, right. obviously, obviously that makes a that's going to yeah. have a difference. But but other than that, I don't I think people get too caught up. And honestly, now with a, a lot of our lists because it helps with send sendability and, and deliverability and getting in the inbox, we um, throttle a lot of our sends, right? So whereas we used to try to pump out you know say you've got a hundred thousand we used to try to pump out a hundred thousand emails as quickly as possible but but over the years that may not be as effective because email service providers maybe look at the volume coming in and, and you could get in trouble for that so we tend to throttle and stagger that send um, over time so we'll send out a hundred thousand maybe at ten thousand an hour or something like that well now you're talking about it taking ten hours to send a hundred thousand emails so doing a, a an A/B test about time of day doesn't really make sense when you're staggering that that degree. So right. I, I would focus on the things that move the needle the most, and and I would I would suggest that you know segmentation testing and and subject line testing and body content testing 
should be where you focus before you even think about testing time of day or um, day of week, those kind of tests. There you have it. Yeah, and oh, and send a profile as well as the other thing I would test because that that can have a big influence. Oh yeah, like yeah. who who the actual email is coming from, and 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 a good one to test is, uh, you know, is it coming from the company, the entity itself, like Hotel Resort X, or is it coming from the general manager at, at the property with that person's name? With yeah. that person's name, right? So. I think those are valid things to test and it's going to depend on your property and how engaged that person is or knowing that person is and property size and quality are going to come into which one of those is more effective. Uh, but it, it's something definitely worth testing before time of day, day of week, things like that. So There it is. So there you go. Those are eight mistakes that people are making on email that they should not and hopefully no one listening to this is or if they are they're not going to after listening to um, these sage words of wisdom from Mr. Jeremy and from Marketo. Again, we're going to link to this stuff on the show notes which is fueltravel.com slash marketing slash marketing fueltravel.com slash podcast click on episode 83 and you'll, we'll put links there to the original content from Marketo. It goes into way more depth, has some pretty graphs and, and stuff like that as well. Hey, Melissa. Yes, Stuart. We just got a question. We, we just, just got, got a question. question. We just got a question. I wonder we who it's from. Did get a question on the Twitters from at Greta Von Mar. And Greta asks or says, hey, Fuel, just finished my first cast, number 69. Friends over Seinfeld. She picked the right yeah, one. Yeah, Greta. Her question is, do you think this promo has too much for customers to digest? So here's what she's got. 10% savings on all singles and doubles, 15% savings on all triples, 20% savings on all quads. Thanks. Going to binge listen to the rest. That's awesome. Thank you for being a, a new listener, and hopefully you've binge listened to a bunch and you're caught up and uh, – you're listening to these shows as they go out and I'll, I'll tweet back to make sure she knows that we answer the question in this one. But do you guys have an opinion on what she's suggesting there? I do think it's a, maybe a little bit much. Yeah. I, th I think the challenge I have with it is that most people have a need, right? When they're staying at a property and in the number of rooms that I need or the number of beds and the configuration of the beds is, is a fixed thing. Right. Right. When I stay might be right. fluid, the quality and the amenities in the room might be fluid. But, but typically, if I'm traveling with my wife and my two kids, I know the configuration I need. Right, I'm probably going to need a double, not a triple or quad. So to me, when you're changing the discount based on something that I don't control, like I'm not going to upgrade to a quad because the discount's greater, because at the end of the day, I'm still going to be paying more money than I needed to, right? right? And if I got yeah. a double. So so I think when you're looking at at, at sales or, or some kind of discount, I think one, one, be careful because you can set a precedent. You're, you're, you're realigning, you're re-anchoring the rate that people expect to pay. So, so I think sales are, are, are something you should do as a last resort. Um, I think look to add value where you can. Um, look to incentivize behavior that you want. So if you do want to do discounts, do it. Something that would be more appropriate would be if I book 30 days out versus or 60 days out or 90 days out, I might get a deeper discount, right? So you're encouraging early booking. Right. 
that might be a more effective approach and uh, in, in trains people to do something that benefits you because now you're getting more people Money on, on the, the books. books earlier, right? It, it's going to help your your um, your pacing, things like that. Um, but I'd also look at what can I add to people, whether it's resort credit, whether it's you know bundled tickets, stuff like that as an added incentive, free Wi-Fi, free breakfast. Can I add things um, that are going to entice people as effectively as, as lowering my rate? That would be my two cents. All right, so hopefully that, that answered the question, Greta. And if, if you have follow-up, feel free to shoot us back at Twitter. And uh, if anyone has questions, we love to answer questions on this show. You can uh, always email us. If you're not on Twitter, you can email info at fueltravel.com for any questions or, or if you want information about fuel and the services we offer. Hey, I have a question. Yeah? Yeah. Can you email info at fueltravel.com with your question? I can, but I'd rather just ask you. Okay. What's Forrest Gump's password? I don't know. One Forrest one. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. That is really bad. That might be one of the But I'm running ever. tomorrow race, so it's, I can, you know, harness my inner force. You're running tomorrow? Uh, yes, I'm running a 5K tomorrow. What's the, what's the race tomorrow? Tomorrow is the race for the shelter. It benefits the Humane Society of North Myrtle Beach. Oh, nice. that's nice. Where both my pups were adopted from. That's cool. And, Melissa, we, you and I did something stupid this past week. <laughs> we surely did. So, I don't know if you know this, Jeremy, but Melissa and I both decided, because it was the cutoff date, we both, we've both done half marathons before, right? I've done three. Right. You've done... Like seven. A bunch. Um, we decided we were going to bite the bullet and do a full marathon. So she and I both signed up. We're going to be training buddies for next year's Myrtle Beach Marathon, which is, I guess, March. March of next year. So we've got, you know, like 11 months to train, which is pr- arguably a little too much time. But w- right now we're super excited. We'll see if we're still excited 11 months from now. And, and I'll tell you what, my uh, my juice cleanse is going to help my speed because I'm going to drop a ton of weight in the next couple of days from, from doing that. But, yeah, so we're doing a full marathon. That's so expect, expect to hear us complain about our aches and pains over the upcoming 11 months on <laughs> yes. this podcast because it's going to happen. You, you is, don't, the, is the juice cleanse going to continue for that? I'm not going to do a 365-day <laughs> juice cleanse. I feel like that might be adversely uh, affecting my health. I don't know. Perhaps. But yeah, that's the news. B- Pete's not here, so we don't have a B update. So we just gave a running update instead. Yep, there you go. All right, so uh, if someone wants to ask us a question, reach out to us for whatever reason, or just tell us that they like the show, we'd like to hear that too. It strokes our ego. They can do so online at fueltravel.com. They can do so on Twitter at fueltravel or on Facebook at fueltravel as well, if you so wish. Melissa, where can they find you online? I am on Twitter at M.A. Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Jeremy? You can find me on Tumblr at jeremyrazuk.tumblr.com. Oh, yeah, you've got some good photos there. People should go check them out. Thanks. Yeah, are, you not on t- are you not on Twitter? I am on Twitter. But you don't want people following you on Twitter? I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's fine with me. You, I might need to clean it up a bit. Yeah, let's not share that one it's yet. Not. All right. Uh, you might want to set up a professional Twitter as well. So right. it's not your rants and ravings and <laughs> lunacy. About avocados and smart. 
Jones. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you can get me at uh, Stuart Butler. You can get the show notes again uh, at fueltravel.com slash podcast, and you can click on episode 83. Again, please go visit Marketo. Whoa, Jeremy. Sabotage. Keep going. I'm excited. Really Last excited. week, now yeah. it's Pete, and you, then now it's Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Oh, please go check out Marketo. Uh, marketo.com and we'll put a link specifically to their white paper that we stole today i wouldn't say stole we paid homage to is that more effective yes. yeah i think that's fair i mean i think we we were genuinely impressed with the content and it was great and we felt like it deserved a, a conversation so that's what we did so hope i didn't ask permission probably should have but that's okay they should be honored they should we went over their mistakes yeah i mean the the yes the famous Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast covered their their little article. Exactly. So, yeah, they should be honored. But hopefully, I, I should probably send them an email or something and just let them know. But thank you, Marketo, for doing a great job and for putting this content out. They're, they're an email platform that does does a really good job. We don't personally use them, but they have a great reputation in the industry. You should totally check them out. And uh, until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. <laughs>